truth response. Is Derek here on, on the microphone? Two turntables and a microphone only. I don't have turntables in front of me. One year older. <laughs> one round table. I am one year older. Yeah, one round table. My birthday was yesterday, oh, December 6th. It was? And Happy lots birthday. of people missed it. And shame on you Did you, you really guys. forget? Yeah. How dare you? Oh, that's so great. Man. <laughs> I feel so much. Somebody I feel that, like such a good friend Somebody right now. that <laughs> I feel is super close to me totally did miss my birthday. It's okay, though. Dude. <laughs> I had to put up with a lot of bad singing, so it's all right. I feel like For a really good friend today. <laughs> yeah, actually, the people that I was surprised at the most that sang the best was the people at my work. So, but I didn't sing to you at all, so I sounded pretty good. You My didn't sound parents at all, so. are the kind of people that just sing as horribly as they can. Yeah. In fact, their dogs start to howl and bark. <laughs> <laughs> it was <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, they did. They really were howling. At the, Which is like, really Man. fun because one of them's deaf. <laughs> oh. Okay. They can just feel the pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can feel the. My dog does the same thing. Horrible <laughs> state yeah. of the singing. That's it. She's deaf. So. <laughs> all right. So today. Uh, I think we're going to attempt to tackle a, a topic now. from... 33? 34. 34. I'm he's getting old. He's catching up to me. I'm age. still the youngest one. He's almost <laughs> he, He's almost in the middle age range. <laughs> the middle oh, age. man, that's weird. Yeah, I know. Is that the dark ages? <laughs> <laughs> it if feels you, like it. If you live another 34 <laughs> years, you'll be 68 the next time you celebrate your next 34th birthday. Wow. Because <laughs> you just keep celebrating the same thing over that. and over. Right. You're next year, you'll be 34, too. And why, why are we being dumb today? <laughs> or you could just be 34, 34 more times. That's what my grandmother did, mm. right? Because her, her brother apparently never stopped being, like, you know, 37 or whatever he was. And he was, like, three years older. And then, so. I was told that women don't age past 29, so. I, I, I think that's what she, um, yeah, similar to that. So from one of you guys sent in a, a request. Uh, you guys. Asked about, uh, have you guys done a podcast about bringing people back to the church after they've been hurt by the church and rejected their faith as a result? Um, so we're going to, I think we're just going to dive in and try to attempt to tackle some of that today. Um, and if we don't get there, you know it's a typical podcast. <laughs> just finished a well, book. I, I have a question. On church hurt, I guess. Called... I think Healing Church Hurt by Stephen uh, Curtis Chapman. Stan, Stephen, I just knew his name. It's gone. I don't know. Check it out. This guy. Ford was by George Barna. I remember that. So like Barnum and Stephen Bailey. Stephen Mansfield. I don't know. I'm just making things up. <laughs> I have a. When at least it. I don't. I know kind of generally you guys' uh, testimonies, but uh, like. I don't know if I'd say I had church hurt, but um, do you guys have any of the – or have you had, I guess, because – Oh, I've had loads of church hurt. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, we've – in, in our – I don't know, man. Like in the simplest way possible, I guess for me, I understand that people get hurt by the church, mm-hmm. but it's really by – by the people in the church. It's not the church. It's not yeah. not the church itself, you yeah. know. Um, and sometimes it's people in leadership in the church. Yeah, it is. And that. and you got to understand that that's also not Jesus, right? That yeah. Jesus is not the one that's hurting you. 
Um, I like that we cut right to that point. That's a really I good mean, point. Really, it's it's that's the biggest thing for for me. And I mean, we'll we'll break down some of some of it a little bit too. But um, I mean, really, honestly, that's that is the point. Is that um, I said it recently on here. You know, whatever you go into church looking for is what you're going to find. And so, if you go to another church expecting to have the same thing happen, or you stay away from church because you expect the same thing to happen, well, that's what you're going to find happening everywhere, and that's what you're going to see in the news media. That's what you're going to see when you when you go to churchy like events. Um, but if you go just seeking Jesus the whole time. Uh, you'll find Jesus in those things and in those events. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, that's what I found through multiple, multiple, multiple church hurts uh, in my own, you know, I think sort the, of past. I think so. this, well, the starting point to all of this is everyone has been hurt by the church mm-hmm. in some capacity. Yeah. Hurt or disappointed. Yeah. I mean, everybody in this room. Yeah. Even if you, like, weren't directly at a church and then somebody said something that you know caused your blood pressure to suddenly accelerate you probably what's keeping you away from church is some form of hurt that you perceive exists if you don't like god it's because you perceive there's a church hurt that exists because somebody said something along the way in representation of the church that made you be like i don't want any part of church because of that there's a big joke that is is passed around in ministry, and that is, you know, ministry would be super easy if there weren't people in it. Um, yeah. and, <laughs> and it's because people complicate things, right? Like people people misunderstand things, people misrepresent things. Um, if we weren't in a fallen world, people, we wouldn't need ministry. And you get would bad we? people, <laughs> and you get you get people from different walks of life. You get people that believe different things, and and so yeah, I mean that's that's one of the big jokes is that ministry would be so much easier without people um but ministry is because of people so you'd have to take the goods and the bads and the and the hurts with the with the partying with the celebration with the the ups and downs and all of it Ah. so kick us off take us away nickster i thought we already were kicked off yeah I felt oh, like. Oh, I thought that was just the intro, man. Like. No, I, f- I feel like you. Oh, we're done. That's I feel it? like you That's really. No, you set like the tone. We covered it all. Oh. This um, is the shortest podcast we've ever done. Right. Would, yeah. This is what happens when you're not here, Mark. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, can, <laughs> I haven't been dealing with like the church hurt a whole lot because I've only been doing the church for like a whole year. So. Um, <laughs> just wait. <laughs> so my experience, but but I can say. This is so the unique position that I do hold, though, is that I have been only doing it a year. And so my church hurt that I can talk about is, you know, as a seeking young person mm-hmm. um, looking for answers to to hard questions about life and um, and God and going to a church that people acted and sounded like they knew what they were talking about. They and they had no answers at all you know and um so my form of hurt is a little bit different in that it was kind of that deceptive like uh false teaching hurt um i got a bad message that not necessarily that like they weren't all wrong 
they just, it was just like, um, you know, they, they delivered the gospel and they, they presented it correctly, I think. They just never followed up and they weren't good with like keeping discipleship and, and, and helping build and like why we believe and such like that. And so and it was like very shallow. Yeah, it was very shallow. Okay. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, th- I, I felt like, and I don't know if it was necessarily cause that's what they were. I don't think they were intending to be shallow. Mm. I think it's just the product of the, a lot of it was product of the time. I mean, it was the, you know, early two thousands, um, late nineties era, like, mm-hmm. and I think that that was a, I think it was a, it was a tough time. I think in many of our, especially in our age group, we're all in our thirties, so it was a tough tough period. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of like my experience, and the way that I ended up getting around it was like Derek said, as I went to Christ instead of went to the church, and um, thankfully coming to Rise, that's what the brothers and sisters here pointed me to. They weren't, you know, when I would ask, it was crazy. I, it was so frustrating to talk to like Derek or you or Dwayne or, um, or I'm sorry, you being Nick, everybody. And, uh, but uh, Derek Tennant as well. And any of the pastors or, or my, my discipleship brothers, I would ask them a question and they wouldn't answer my question. <laughs> okay. They wouldn't just give me the answer. Cause that's what I was doing. I was just like, just give me the answer. And they're mm. like, well, what do you think? I'm like, Oh great. Now I got to go look it up. And now I got to go back and tell them, you know, what the answer is. Yeah. I don't do that. I tell you what I think. <laughs> I'm not which good is, at that as much. Sorry. Which is why he's usually wrong. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was helpful. And what it did was it, it had me go and look and, and figure out for myself what do I believe and, and, and why do I believe it? It made that, you go to that deeper level. It made level. me go to that yeah. deeper level. And, and um, whereas in, you know, before, like, everybody wanted to, I, I, maybe not, I'm not trying to say this in a way that it is implying, like, that they were, we, we all naturally want to be smart and we, we want to be good and, and intelligent and we want to help others and mm-hmm. so we want to give them good advice and, so we think we're giving good advice, and then sometimes we're not. Um, I think that was probably more of the case mm-hmm. in that situation. I don't think it was malicious in any way. Like, I think they were trying to do good, and they just were misguided in it. Um, but uh, getting over that, like, there was a lot of that whole... Um, I live very much by the same idea still. I think religion is a bad idea. Um, I think it's... Uh, I don't have religion. I have a relationship with Christ and that's the way that I look at this. And cause if it's a religious thing, then I'm just going through the motions. You know, it's interesting that you bring that up. I know that's been a big movement. I mean, that's just me. Uh, recently. Well, it's, it's a big, it's been a big movement. I mean, I've, I've caught myself saying that before too. Um, I think that there is an importance to the religious side of it though. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's an importance to that. And I absolutely think that if you, that's if not to say I'm not more on the religious side of it. You got a problem because I think the relationship side is the heavier bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that you should put a little bit of weight and thought into the religious side of it too, uh, and not just dismiss it all the way. Well, when you say religious, what kind of things are you talking about? Like cause the, the check boxes, even like even even like the 
the just, you know. Are we talking basic theology checkboxes or are we talking okay. like practical? What are you talking about? So when I, when I think religious, I think like of services and things that we do. So like one, one thing that I do religiously is I come to church on Sunday. Sure. Okay. That is a right. religious thing that I do because I do it regularly. It's a part of my, my pattern and my cycle. And right. I believe that it's important to do. Right. Um, and I don't, but I don't do that because I'm religious. I do that because of my relationship. Sure. That's but more, it is a religious thing. But it that is, is a, part of the right. It's not that I'm not religious. It's that I I don't try to look at it by trying to be religious. So so the difference really is just my, that that you're saying the relationship's the reason why. Yeah. Not the religion is the reason. Yeah, why. Yeah. Like right? we might pick like up that, religion from that, Christ. That makes sense. But that's that is. I don't think that's what most people are talking about necessarily whenever, well, maybe, whenever they say, you know, relationship versus religion. Yeah, I mean, the definition of religion is really just your set of beliefs that you operate by. So everyone has a religion of some some sort. Um, I, when you elevate your beliefs to a place where, um, where they get where they get into that place of um of judgment of undue and unjust judgment i i i'm i would kind of say that that's what what is meant when we say we don't have a religion we want a relationship it's the legalism side right like the 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 letter of the law trumps mercy and peace and love and and that sort of thing yeah whereas it's supposed to coexist right i mean we look at scripture and we think because of the legalistic nature of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that's what ultimately led to Christ being crucified for a crime he didn't commit. Right. So we look at that, and we look at that as bad and evil, and there is a lot of bad and evil to that, but there is also some elements of it that are, um, are honorable. I mean, they're willing to follow a set of things, some things which are incredibly countercultural, and they're willing to do so up to a point of, of their own sacrifice. Right. So right. And I there think... are elements of that that are good. So we, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right, right. And, and a lot of the structure that side of things, right, the things that we would consider the religion side of things, Jesus instructed us to do. Right. I mean, he told us to not forsake the gathering of believers. Mm-hmm. Or Well, yeah, he told us to gather. Right. He told us Did to he, say that, he told us to remember him through through the sacraments. He said he said yeah. keep the Sabbath day holy, right? Yeah. Here he said remember yeah. that, right? Yeah. So like there there's things that he 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 gave us instructions. Me- me- yeah. He tells you to Sabbath. give. He tells you to gather. Right. He tells you to to love. He tells you to he tells you in some ways to have judgment. Right. So but not necessarily be judgmental. Accountability. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah, I so I think there's that that like Nick was saying that even the culture that we have kind of applies some different meaning to the word even religious, mm-hmm. you know. And so like re- religion or religious can mean so many different things. I more mean it in the sense of kind of the cultural like uh, down into like uh, denominations, you know, where they're you know. So if you start looking at like, oh well, you know, uh, Methodist does this this and this and they're sur- they do it this way and then these people do it this way and it's like to me that does i know that that doesn't methodology matter, but. matters but it's not more important than the message yes whoa 
write that down for your right? next time you preach. Right, not doing it. Um, <laughs> Preaching or writing it down? Not writing it down. I'll probably have to preach again. Um, <laughs> have to. I was you gonna. Get yeah, because it'll be like Nick will come up and be like, "Hey, I want you to preach on this specific thing." But remember, I'm going to steal your message right before. So, <laughs> just so you know, church hurt right there. Yeah. Church hurt. Church hurt. No, that's. I'm just kidding. But yeah, oh. so I mean, so getting back to the church hurt part, right? Like for your case, right? Yeah. If if you if you have a friend who is in your situ, you know, your past situation of church hurt, um, the thing that I would suggest is listen to the person's questions, and then do. Show them where to look, right? Like, as the as the friend who's like, "Hey, this person walked away, but they've got all these questions, and they've mentioned it to me." So obviously, it's something that they've thought about. I'm going to respond by saying, "You know, like maybe I don't know the answer right off the top of my head." Yeah, and that's okay. Like, if you're yeah. not knowing Be the honest. answer, is not a problem, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's more of a problem if you pretend and make up an answer. Mm. So well, if like you, you do. And if you Yeah. <laughs> right. If you don't um. <laughs> and if you don't know the answer, you, you can also that's a great opportunity yeah. to it, work. Let's check this let's out. check it out Look, together. Yeah, the Bible's and big, then, but the Bible's not so big that you can't find things, right? Yeah. Like it's not so big that you can't easily especially yeah. with technology, easily figure out where things are at sure. to find the answer. When yeah. and I think too, one of the suggestions I would have as as a if if you're trying to to be able to bring up scripture quickly and 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 find things, um, I have the Blue Letter Bible app on my yeah, phone. It's solid, it, it yeah. is solid, man. Yeah. You can search by a term, and it will find every term in the text in that translation. Mm-hmm. Um, it it's not always super great with like multiple terms, but uh, it does find mm-hmm. you know, and you do have to be specific. So mm-hmm. if like that translation if you're remembering the wrong translation it can be difficult but that'll help i think that helps and then like you said like listening to questions um but what happens when that church hurt has actually turned into church into like animosity right where they're now they're not even they don't even want to ask questions you just i mean somebody who's been in church and is no longer in church and knows that you i mean and you are a christian like they know that you're in, you know, they know that you're a Christian. Sure. So what you do is you just love on them. Mm-hmm. You love on them until they start asking questions, mm-hmm. right? Until they, they will give the opportunities for you to speak into their lives mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Whether that's a, hey, dude, I'm really struggling. Like, would you pray for me? Mm-hmm. Just, I don't do that, but can you pray for me? Mm-hmm. That's, that's first opportunity. And no matter how much, like, they may curse you up and down or your belief system up and down every single day and then come to you and ask for prayer and you say yes and you you pray for them every single time mm-hmm. and you don't bring it up that that's something that they're mm-hmm. contradictory, that you're being a hypocrite. No, you just love on them until they see, oh, wait, this person this person's not like the other church hurt mm-hmm. people. You know, yeah. like this person's not like the other people that I know that are Christians. Uh, so maybe I, I miss, you know. Yeah, I used to be hesitant about telling people who didn't believe, like, that I was praying for them or whatever. But I had somebody give me this perspective who didn't believe in God, didn't believe it. She's like, you say you pray for me. And, like, because I said it to her before. And then I was like, oh, no, like, this is awkward because you don't believe. But um, we talked about it. And she was like, but it tells me that you think enough of me mm. to want 
to pray, you know, to pray or to spend that time talking to somebody who I don't believe is real, but you believe is real. So at least, you know, at least you're thinking of me outside mm -hmm. of that. At the very least that I, I believe that you care enough about me well, to yeah. talk to, to talk to somebody else about what's going on, who you think is a higher being. Mm -hmm. Number, like, I, number I, one wow. thing not to do is argue. Mm -hmm. Don't argue with them about anything. Not, not anything. <laughs> Listening to and them. This is coming, I know, this from, is coming the, from me, yeah, right? Like, yeah, you don't you know argue. it's got to be right, which is really <laughs> hard for me to always say about anything you say. Right, but right. you know so, it's got to be right when the guy that loves to argue is like, just don't argue. Right. No, and that's what? that's a big thing. Like, I what? argue with people that I know that I can argue with. Most I don't know of if time, you can okay? tell, but he's kind of going against the scales yeah. right now. Like, <laughs> well, okay, I'm. I a lot of times will play devil's advocate. Not always am I playing devil's advocate. Just on most here. of the time. Me and Derek are but, very similar, but I. <laughs> I do play a lot of devil's advocate on here, but in all seriousness, like arguing is the number one thing that you don't want to do with somebody mm -hmm. who has had church hurt because mm -hmm. they feel even more invalidated by somebody in the church at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, and like I said, I've had a lot of church hurt in my life and I, Lizzie and I have gone through some church hurt. Um, in fact, in this very church that we're at now, mm -hmm. we've had church hurt. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's the ability to just listen mm. and hear people mm. yeah. and, and, and love on people regardless of the situation. Don't downplay it either. Yeah. Like no matter how little it may seem or whatever it, I mean, that's, it's big for them. Mm -hmm. like, when it yeah. sounds Ignal like acknowledge it. When, yeah. And, and two, I think it sounds like too, that there's an opportunity to ask those questions and to ask about that hurt. And, and, mm -hmm. um, I think we typically can tell, like, I, I feel like you can typically tell, like, when someone ob has, like, some sort of hurt that they're holding on to with the church, because mm. they typically, I feel like there's usually an edge there towards God, faith, whatever. Um, it feels like there would be a, a, a significant event there. And so I think mm -hmm. even just asking about it um, and, and just hearing what they have to say, allowing them to talk about it. And then, like you said, just loving them and not not trying to tell them where they're wrong about why they shouldn't feel church hurt. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe get yeah. into closer to and like being able to share that maybe that maybe that person was or maybe this situation isn't a great reflection of what Christ is. And so we should look at that and, yeah, you know, try but to redirect. also. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily try to explain it away like that either. Not until you've you've built up that trust with that person over oh, sure, over yeah. the conversation. Just well, yeah. I mean, because because we have somebody specifically I asking the, about it. The I'm problem with, they with have church hurt is like it's the same as world hurt. It's just they expect us to be better. Right. Yeah, and yeah. that's why it hurts. <laughs> they expect so much. us to be perfect. Yeah. yeah, they expect us to be better, yeah. and like that's and like that's the thing. Like. You see, I've seen people that go through the same situations, church hurt, they go through every week at work and they yep. still go to work every week, but they expect people, which is awesome that they have that expectation of Christians that they are supposed to do better and be better and try to be better. And they're not wrong. Yeah, they're not wrong. <laughs> like Necessarily. But, well, I mean, scripture dictates that we are required to be perfect in order to get to heaven, yeah. except for Jesus, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's the, yeah. that's the caveat. That's why we mm -hmm. have Jesus. So yeah. What? It's the hypocrisy that they yeah. see. That's well, the, thing. Here's the they thing. See, they, they misread it. They it misread be. it. Because be. a lot of times mistakes are made, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. 
and we're all human. We all make mistakes. That doesn't make me a hypocrite. Because I preach one thing and I make a mistake does not make me a hypocrite. Now, if it's a lifestyle of doing something different, <clears throat> even though I preach something, that's hypocrisy. But since we're expected to be a certain way as Christians, when we make mistakes, it's immediately hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. And hypocrisy is at a, an extremely high level of, of hatred versus a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. Like in comparison, those two are yeah. held mm -hmm. at two different levels. And so if we as Christians are expected to be nearly perfect, right? And then we make a mistake, it's immediately hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. And I think that as wrong as that is, it's the way they mm -hmm. see it. Yeah. And so I, I hate the idea of, you know, someone's perception being their reality because it's not, it's just their perception of reality, but that they have perceived it that way. And so the only way that we can break that down and show them the truth mm -hmm. is by validating their feelings unfortunately because that's another thing i struggle with is validating people's feelings um but <laughs> validating their feelings and just listening and that is mm -hmm. within the church that's actually one of the best ways to and to talk with people outside of the faith period is just listening and asking questions being like hey yeah you know, what, what do you think i about think that? on the side of the church the failure has been is if you mess up you don't apologize you don't go to mm. that person and say, I'm sorry for what I did. You mm. just, you know, stand in Not your self-righteousness. Not held accountable to it. That seems you stand a bit in your self-righteousness or whatever. And, I mean, you look at all the church scandals and all of these different preachers and stuff. How many of those churches actually apologize? Right. How many of those leaders a, a lot actually of the, apologize? Yeah, well, and, a, and a lot of times And really me genuinely mean it. A lot of like, times there's other, other leadership around yeah. them that tried to bury it, too. Yeah. So it really makes it, it really but, amplifies it. But then... When yeah. it does come out, yeah. it's like, all right, we're cutting these people off, and we're cutting those people off, yeah. and we're cutting those people off. And it's like, okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> that, I mean, what they did was very wrong, sure. Yeah. But, like, that's also not what we're called. Yeah. I mean, I'm right. the first one to be, like, church well, discipline. Yeah. But, like, this there's also a certain yeah. way to do church discipline and yep. just completely chopping off the arms and legs, like, mm -hmm. when, the, when, when their mistakes are first coming to light – is the worst way to approach it, you know? Like, if it was not up saying, to let's coddle them, but I am saying like, let's look at the situation. You know, things are being brought to light. Let's let's do this the right way. If it was up to the church to to spread the gospel message, we would have failed. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If there was no, if the Holy Spirit wasn't working through us, it would it would have been a huge disaster because you you can see it right. Like every that's a great example of like, you know, um, we, we make a mistake by trying to, you know, keep this hus hus to try to protect the church to, you know, keep, you know, keep this. And then it gets out and now they know that we've covered up. So now we're going to cut them off completely. And, you know, and you may, yeah, it just, every time that, that we, we try to protect the message or protect, you know, cause that's kind of what I can see it. Like, you want to protect the church because if the church looks bad, it makes Christ look bad, and we don't want to make Christ look bad. So, you, like, you could be in a potentially, like, I'm trying to do this for the Lord, but mm -hmm. if you're hiding things, you're, you're keeping things from the light. It, mm -hmm. it, it just, mm -hmm. you know, 
it's 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 kind of that same thing, and, and we have to recognize that the church is fallible, and the church is going to make mistakes. We've done so for the last two thousand years, and we're not going to stop today. Well, and obviously, <laughs> the church has gotten yeah. to a point where it has portrayed itself in a way that is more important than portraying Christ. Yeah. Right. Like the world. If got you its think tendrils. about it, if somebody is like, "Oh, I don't want anything to do with your Jesus because of you," like. That is saying that the church has put off that, you know, we are this, we follow us. We know the right way to do things. And that is the worst possible message there is, right? But like, the, follow the Jesus that I follow, and don't follow me, because I make mistakes all the time. I admitted to it right here that's it. on the podcast. Um, we're going to keep playing that over and over. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> we have... It's going to be a remix We've been... The, I would say, when I say the church, I mean the church of Christ, like not like the, the Latter-day Saints, the, <laughs> the, the holy church of Jesus Christ. That's it. Like his church, not all this other stuff on the, on the edges, all the, you know. Sure. But you can, you can mean that all day long and those are still the same well, people that I'm talking but, about. But what right? I'm saying is that those, those people who have been, you know, basically operating we thousands of years, you know, have it has taken for the the world to really envelop itself into the quote unquote the church and turn it and and so the general view of the church is not what the church is supposed to be in general. Like the world view of the church is like if you ask somebody what's the church, they'll go, Oh, like the the Catholics or the the you know or the protestants or you know they're they're looking which is kind of right i don't think that it's changed all that much in 2000 years man honestly like i'll look at the crusades dude if you ask what's the church then to people well they're that that oppressive force that goes and just slaughters you for not believing in their god yeah that's what i'm saying is that's the that's the world view of what, and that's what the world has made sure that they've made sure the world has made sure that that is the view that the world has for the church but the problem is that we just have solidified that church people real church people like i'm talking like not yeah. just people who claim christianity but like christians we have also made that can you happen. give examples what do you mean of how like how has so bible believing solidified yeah how's the yeah. bible believer solidified Think that because the way that is, the way that we the way that we uh I don't think we go you're along wrong. with just, tradition. A. Okay. A lot of times when we just accept a tradition that's Blindly. been passed yep. that's been passed down, sure. that's a big one. And we can be truly seeking after Christ yeah. and just blindly follow traditions from the past. And that that has helped solidify some sure. of that. Um, when, like you said, well, the at, example you gave before is another example of us solidifying that view of the church, right? If, you, if you're if you doing things outside of Christ to try to protect Christ, then you're creating a—and then that gives a bad view of the church. There so you go. I, I I can't say necessarily that it's—well, it's still this way somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but a lot of places, people who have been raised in certain churches, they could— they could be trying their hardest to follow Christ best they can. Yeah, absolutely. Right? But they've accepted the way that their church has taught them, right? And that could be bent towards racism even, mm. right? Like 
lots of churches. There's several churches that I've heard of, heard stories of in like what South Africa that haven't accepted black people into the church because you know that's that's what they believe. And there's there's plenty of churches here that won't intermingle with each other because well that's the black church. This is the white church. Yeah, and, and that's just on one of those dividing lines. Yeah. You know that that we tend it to fall like, into. It right? Sounds like they're not reading the but, whole context of scripture, but r- sure. But they they may be trying, is what I'm saying. Yeah. People within that church, maybe not leadership, right? But even maybe leadership, they may be trying to follow Christ the best they can, right? Sure. And and still, well, falling short, like like Scripture says, you know. Yeah. So I, I'm saying that we can't just shove it off onto people who claim Christianity that aren't christians because there are a lot of those that make it messy for us too but it's it's also our fault those of us in this very room it's our fault too um that we have to we have to recognize that at least and and i'm not saying that we're not trying to rectify that right like plenty of times i tried to i'm trying to balance what traditions we need to keep versus what traditions we're not supposed to keep within our context right i'm a uh i'm an elder here at rise and and that's something that i'm constantly battling with inside of myself of you know what are things that we need to hold on to and grasp tight of and what parts of that tradition are actually important but at the same time like we can't just stick to the ways that we've always done things because that doesn't necessarily reach the people of today Mm -hmm. so i mean that's something that that we have to just yeah. we have to recognize and accept that we are a part of that problem yeah. so yeah. It, we can't just shove it off onto the world and we can't just shove it off onto uh people who claim christianity but aren't christians you know like we actually have to own some of that and i think that is part of what will help as well mm-hmm. with bringing people back you know yeah. Yeah. telling them look i don't do this perfectly i know that i don't do this perfectly but with each other's help, that's the other part yeah. of why we have to be getting together and we have to be doing life together is that I can't do this without your guys' help. I, I can't do it because I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to stay on that path, right? I want to get off of the bad path and, you know, be focused on that <clears throat> good path as much as possible. And so do you. If, if you're a true believer, you definitely want to stay on that path. Yeah. So it takes If you're all looking us. for the same thing... Why not work together to find it? The only way you can do it is that way. Yeah. There is, you cannot do it on your own. Yeah. Lone wolf Christianity, out the, out the window. That's true. That's not something that can happen. There's a, it, it started with a trinity for a reason. Right. God himself <laughs> is in community. Like, yeah. he created us to be in community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that leads really well into, like, helping those people come back is, is trying to... I guess, introduce them to the community that's supposed to be, mm-hmm. right? Instead of, and, and, and like, by, sh- by sharing that love, that's what you're doing. You're showing them what, what how Christians are, are supposed to treat one another. And, um, you know, I don't want to, like, raise, rise up on a, on a pedestal, but just the, the brothers and sisters that I've met here, um, you know, have really shown me that there that christianity is so much more than what i thought it was uh you know that that being a follower of christ 
<laughs> it at the where I was, what I had seen before was a lot of like uh, theatrics for looking good in the community is really what it was, right? Like we're the righteous people that do the charity and go to the church and we're the good people in the community, upstanding citizens. And um, here it's not like that. Here everyone's a horrible citizen. And um, I, was talking to, <laughs> no, I, I was talking to uh, I was talking to one of our volunteers. It's, today. it's a lot more genuine. You could tell the genuine side of things. I was talking to one of our volunteers today at the food pantry, and she was telling me one of the reasons why I think she kind of sometimes struggles with it, but her son um, struggled with going to church, and that was because. Um, when he first started dating this girl, she told him, you know, he had to come to church with her, you know, you know, fair enough, fair. Right. But when he (laughs) went there, he couldn't, he couldn't even walk inside. It was a, it was a, uh, okay. Pentecostal church. Okay. They were a snake handling church. Right. And so, (laughs) so (laughs) for those of us within the, the ministry and they, we know like, what that means um we're all like oh one of those churches but for those of you who don't know like uh, there's some churches out there that don't necessarily follow scripture and that's one of them um i don't know how else to say it besides that but basically they believe that you know it is a blessing and sign from god if you can handle a, a venomous snake and not die of its bite um so and within a church service and a lot of times, these churches. I mean, are I, I would say that is a blessing that these, you didn't die. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, the, a lot of times, these churches are dealing a in bit of truth. Do not test him <laughs> in uh, exotic snake trade um, illegally. Yeah, interstating, like going from. So state a lot of black state, market operations. A lot of black markety stuff. Cool. Um, totally and, legit. Anyway, so she was telling me like her son, like. He just was overwhelmed and distraught to the point where he couldn't even enter the doors to this church. Like, the pastor came out and was like, you all right? Like, what's going on? You know, and tried to, I mean, very kind, very, you know, nice and everything. But just like, he's just like, he broke down. He just couldn't do it. And it kind of pushed him away from that. And I'm like, well, that's a great example of a church hurt that was caused by um, lots of misunderstanding, right? And lots of misrepresentation yeah. as well. Um, so I, mm-hmm. it's interesting that we're talking yeah. about this now, and I wasn't even thinking about it until, until now that that's, I mean, that it's everywhere. Everybody's been hurt by the church mm-hmm. in some way. Like you said earlier, like it, we've all been affected in some way, shape, or form mm-hmm. by people within the church hurting us in one way or another, you know? Yeah. And... I see, at least more recently, a lot of people that have co- that I've talked to that have had church hurt or whatever. It was when they were younger, mm-hmm. and it was by other people. And it was usually, I mean, right. sometimes it was by older people, but it was by peers. And I'm, right. I'm sorry, but teenagers are dumb. No matter how you slice it, you're still developing all your brain teenagers. and stuff. All of them. Like, all so 100%. like that. That's <laughs> maybe not a representation of like the church as a whole, because like. 
teenagers are emotional messes. They, you know, yeah. their brains aren't fully developed and all that stuff. And they, and honestly, they don't think through the consequences of their actions. Abs- yeah. That's it, that sounds like so me. So at the same time, like yeah, not that it makes it, it doesn't make that, it less valid. Right. Yeah, it's sorry yeah. that that it happened, but we also as adults, especially as adults. Mm-hmm. So if you're not an adult and you're listening, well, just kind of work with us but especially as adults you don't have to close your ears but um especially as adults we have to use our brains and critically think through some of this Mm -hmm. and think well you know i was hurt by people in the church when i was young who may have been peers right Mm -hmm. so other dumb kids right which are probably you know at a different point in their life today too um most definitely at a different point in their life today and could have been some of the old timers who were really staunch traditionalists who really did care about you, mm-hmm. but maybe came down on you a little harder than they should have. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they misrepresented something thinking that it was going to get you to understand and yet it hurt mm-hmm. and it pushed you away. Like we have to actually start thinking about things like that if if we care about yeah. the truth at all, right? And like I think part of that too, now that I'm thinking about it more and more like most of that church hurt and stuff is not where like the person confronts you and tells you these things it's usually comes from a secondhand source so it's like it's like i'm trying like this person told this person and then it got back to this person like what had happened and like the church needs to just stop the gossip like Mm -hmm. talking about people and saying stuff about people like it just needs to stop (laughs) we need to cut it off like that's Any what prayer requests? Needed. Yeah, uh, Jimmy's mom slept with, you know, <laughs> Billy's dad the other day, and they just need a lot of prayer, you know. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's, right, because that's mean, not spreading rumors. That's just no, asking that's for a prayer prayers. Request. That's a um, prayer request. But like that's like that's where I see a lot of the problem is like, like if you're not gonna say that in front of the person. You probably shouldn't say it. Like, yeah. you definitely it, shouldn't say it in a group. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you want to confide in a right. pastor or an elder well, yeah. somewhere, and there's there's a and that becomes I, I confidential, right? Like that needs to. There's also, instructions for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also operate that way, but it's fair to confide in someone that is in a position of, we'll call it authority, mm-hmm. um, you know, for counsel. But it should never go beyond that. Mm-hmm. So. Also know that, like, on the opposite side of that, right, like uh, the person listening, right, Mm -hmm. to issues or whatnot, um, Mm -hmm. understand that if you're not going to be willing to listen to them, they will find somebody who is, and that will be the voice that will get to speak into their life. Mm -hmm. And if it's not you as a Christian, it very well could be somebody who is not, and somebody who is not is most definitely going to represent Christ in a different light than somebody who believes in him. Right. So we all have that inherent nature. Right. We all have the, yeah. the nature of worship. We all have the nature of connection and relationship. Yep. We all have that desire inside of us and we will find it. Yeah. However we, we right. so desire, right? If it's not found in the church, we're going to find it in a gang. We're going to find it in a relationship. We're going to find it <laughs> with, you know, in some community of religious people, um, and I'm not speaking about the church, but in some community of religious yeah. people that have 
Similar rules and bylaws and, yeah. and authorities yeah. and structures yeah. like that. A belief structure. Right. And and that exists. You're going to categorize That yourself. exists everywhere. That exists mm-hmm. in every demographic. Right. That we want to, every demographic it's actually that we create. It's, it's like, like tribalism. It's a cult. It's, well, it's tribal. Actually, it is. It's, a, yeah. it's a group of people. Technically, the church or is a familial. cult by technical definition. Um, like, it's just a group of people who hold the same beliefs like gather together basically mm-hmm. and that's that is so i mean you, it's a group of people with right. the same beliefs They're, right. it, it's everywhere right everywhere yep and everybody is involved in something like that yep. in some capacity i i we talked a lot about about it maybe we need to talk about how we've got past it because we've all had some had some capacity been hurt by what we would call the church. Right. And we, or we've seen it affect others in, well, and we've seen it affect others in, in other different ways too. I feel like for, for Lizzie and I, um, we'll just, I mean, the, the church in, in the last church we were at, we'll just put it at that. So no, nobody's getting called out or anything. Um, but is that Lehigh Acres Christian Church? No, 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 no. It wasn't. It wasn't this church for sure. Oh, we could um, do. We could do this church. <laughs> could, but I don't want to. Um, well, I think there I, needs I think to be. That, I think I th- that there does need to be some discussion on that because I know at least the majority of the church hurt that both of you have experienced in this specific body, and you're still here. Yeah. Okay. We we can get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just. I want to give an example of how we handled it poorly at one point. Great. So um, I like that. Yeah. So like, let's talk about your failures. Church, church hurt at the last church. We basically quit going to church for a year. I mean, we tried to go on a Saturday because that was that was the only day that we allowed ourselves to be available at that point. Um, and we tried, and it just was. All, the only ones with Saturday church services were big and unwelcoming and cold around us, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, we experienced it, and we both have gone to church since we were born. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, we were outside the church and then came into the church and were hurt by the church and then left the church. Mm-hmm. Like, we were born going to church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was in the church for the nine months in the womb kind of a thing. Well, not full nine months. I was six weeks early. So, um, But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So we, we were born in the church. So going through that, like, mm-hmm. it, we've really recoiled away. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think our relationship went kind of cruddy or nothing, but it wasn't being pulled together. Um, so for like a year, we quit going to church. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is my wife... Lizzie, she she uh, (laughs) she Lizzie, don't she was like, don't tell her. I feel like we're in a stagnant place, and I want to get back into working at a church again. I was like, well, you go ahead and apply to whatever churches you want to apply to, which was a mistake because that that landed her a part time position, fourteen hundred miles away from where we lived, and that's a funny story. What's crazy, I mean, that story we can tell another time, but, like, the fact that... You did what he said. That we're kind of unique in that because we have a philosophy about ministry, and that is we we 
we're doing this for the Lord, not for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it solidified, I think, in that when when she said, okay, we're too stagnant. We need to do something about this. And we both bucked up and decided, okay, whatever God gives us is what we're going to do, mm-hmm. is when that ministry mindset solidified. Mm-hmm. And, and it's concrete. Like, mm-hmm. if God tells us today we're moving to south korea tomorrow then that's what we're doing mm-hmm. like what whatever it comes our way that god tells us to do and korea? we are sure that yep. it's north korea whatever we are sure that that's what god wants us to do we're going to do it without hesitation mm-hmm. because i basically told god look we'll go down here for this part-time job we'll sell everything we got uh, sell our house anyways um We'll quit our full-time jobs. I'll come down here with no idea what I'm going to do. And, oh, yeah, there's a baby on the way. Oh, yeah, we don't have a clue where we're going to live in six months. Like, all of this, but you got to show up big. And he has every step of the way, Mm -hmm. right? He was was leaving to drive down with all of our stuff because I came a month early. And, what, like the week before you left? It was three days before I left. They called me and said, hey, we want to give you a job at a doctor's office. And by the way, we want to give you a dollar more an hour than you asked for, mm. like, originally. Cool. And it was like, whoa, okay, like, cool. You know, like, yeah. that was just yeah. the first step. But so we have a different approach to ministry a little bit, especially mm-hmm. after that point. And I think yeah. that's what led into the way we, and we responded that, to the church. I would say here. until the last probably two or three years, that, that maybe even – probably for for me probably less for Derek I would think that hurt never really fully healed mm. it was always there it was always something that I worried about was going yeah. to happen again mm-hmm. um until the probably last three or four years it's been you know less and less and um I mean I did, wasn't close to a lot of people in the church I didn't talk to it you can ask some of the people that have been here for a while like they're yeah. like Oh wait, you have a personality? Like right. <laughs> Um, ask Brenda. She's 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 like, you know, I didn't hard talk to anybody besides the people that I had to talk to or that I needed to talk to. I spent most of my time back with the kids. Like I didn't really have any close adult friendships. Um Well, and it was to the point whenever she came down to interview, mm-hmm. I straight up told the elders, uh, their wives and um the, the pastor's, pastor's wife, because the, the pastor wasn't there whenever initially interviewed. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, so this is what happened at the last church. How can you prove to me you're not going to do that to my wife this time? He did. I straight <laughs> up was like, prove it. Like mm-hmm. that, that was the level of hurt that we had felt was like, I sat in a room of 12 people I didn't know and said, prove to me that you're not going to hurt my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like it was the response was incredible, right? Like it basically they were like, well, here's an example of situations and, you know, here's how we handled it and um, brought up a lot of similar ish situations, you know, and stuff. And uh, then we flew home, met with the pastor like right after we got back because he was in he was in Topeka Kansas, whenever, which is where we lived. He was there whenever we got back. Yeah. Doing a conference. Just by coincidence. Well, he was at a conference or something. Yeah. It was a a coincidence. Right, right. Just a coincidence. By accident. And 
And he said the exact same things. Mm. He answered the exact I mean, like, to mm-hmm. a T, where mm-hmm. yeah. they wouldn't have even been able to write it all down and, and hand it off to him to mm-hmm. say, hey, here this, here's the things that we said. You know, like, mm-hmm. it was... It was just confirmation, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that was that was cool. But you're right. Like I had, I think I got over the church a little bit quicker than you did. Not a lot though. Mm-hmm. Like, but then again, I turned around and had church hurt here too. So, uh, I don't know how to how to tell that story. Really, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I worked here. Uh, I when Lizzie was still part-time, I got a full-time job being the youth minister part-time and the the worship production, the tech guy. They hired me as a tech, tech guy, guy part-time. And uh, I made some, some decent-sized mistakes, um, which caused a rift between myself and the mentors within the youth group, the leaders. Um, and I didn't deal with that properly. Mm-hmm. So I separated myself more from youth group and focused most of my attention on the the tech stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, God, God did a lot of stuff through the tech stuff during that time. Um, like he, he gave me the knowledge to improve what we had, uh, is what I mean by that. But um, the eldership at the time didn't approach me until like what i was like almost a year in Mm -hmm. to even say hey look you've been doing things wrong Mm -hmm. um and so like to the point of like all right you got 30 days to to figure this out Mm. and it was like whoa like okay like i knew i'd made some mistakes Mm -hmm. but i didn't realize i was screwing up that bad Mm -hmm. like I mean, I knew I was, I had made some mistakes, you know, and then I did everything in my power to correct those mistakes. And they called me in for the meeting that I've been waiting for, you know, to say, Hey, you know, okay, you did good. We're, we're back on track. Everything that I had known up until that point pointed me towards the fact that that's what they were going to say. Mm-hmm. They pulled me in. I was. I and wasn't, they had even, I wasn't my, even worried about it. They had like, one of my closest point. friends tell me, who was on the eldership at the time, um, basically, we're going to have to look, ask you to step down, mm. or or we're going to let you go. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what? Like, mm-hmm. I I I did everything I was asked, mm-hmm. and it was like completely out of nowhere. Um, but so I went home, I was living with the senior pastor at the time. Uh, we were, which we were it, living, there, you know, also come which all that. That's not was awkward. a mess, right? Like, like <laughs> to all you senior pastors out there or anybody who works at a church that needs a place to live, like make that as minimal time as possible <laughs> living with other people that work with you. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has to happen, it has to happen. Like it, it, it does. Like I get and it. Senior pastors, but, if you have somebody on staff living with you, don't fire them while they're, they're living right, with you. Right. It's probably just um, not the, but, the best course of action. But kick them out of your house first, and right? Then fire. Right. Give them a thirty-day eviction. Well, <laughs> it wasn't long after that. You know, it our our agreed amount of time had ended. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was already coming. So, um, but. It's just not a good, 
It's not it, all you do is talk about work at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, your whole life is work at that point. So, especially in ministry, because mm-hmm. I mean, ministry is a lifestyle, not not yeah. just a place you work. So, yep. um, so we got home. You know, I, I told Lizzie and. And Serenity was too young to understand any of that stuff, you know, at the time. Yeah. But uh, And he, he looked at me, and he asked me a question. I said, hey, you know, do you feel like God's calling us somewhere else? Or do you feel like this is where we're called to stay? Because I need to know by tomorrow. Because I need, yeah. No, <laughs> seriously. So I you got like, no, to no, give no. an answer. You better get God working overtime well, no, tonight. No, Put they, that fleece out right no, now. No, <laughs> no, sure. it was so that he would... Whether he would go to praise team practice or right. not the next uh. night, because it was like, because because I, I told her like, if we're gonna if we're gonna stay, we nothing changes, mm-hmm. like it's ministry. That's mm-hmm. what we do. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, nope, tears. this is this is where God. Lots of crying, lots of tears. Yeah, this is where God is. I feel like God's called us to stay here for mm-hmm. now. And I was like, all right. So I went to praise team practice. Not one person on the entire praise team knew. Or knew anything. Wow. In fact, or knew anything was they wrong. didn't have a cl- like none of them knew. Not even like pastors' wives. Like nobody mm. knew. And well, I mean, the pastor's wife knew. I think because yeah. Yeah. you know we lived with them. But like, <laughs> like I don't think Carla knew. Mm-hmm. I don't, think, I don't so. think any nobody knew. Right. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday morning when they announced it, I stepped out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have no idea what was even said. Mm-hmm. No, to this day, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but afterwards, I had one of the one of the guys on the praise team go, "Dude, are you all right?" Like, hit. I mean, he had no idea until it was announced. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody did. And I'm not saying that to brag on myself. I'm I'm saying that to brag on on God because that's what He solidified mm-hmm. in us mm-hmm. is whenever our church hurt happened in Topeka, it caused us to go through some things that grew us to a point of understanding how ministry should work. Mm -hmm. And that's why I will say until I die that that's how you should approach ministry. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to approach ministry. Mm -hmm. If you're approaching it in another way, I believe you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, there's. I'm not saying you're going to hell for for not approaching ministry that way. I'm saying like that I believe is the right way to to view ministry Mm -hmm. is that regardless of the church hurt that comes about, you're not doing it for the people that are hurting you. Right. You're doing it for Jesus. And we're told to give 100% yep. to Jesus. Yep. So at that point, it was like, what was even crazier was, like, not too long after that, the senior pastor left. And and he was he was basically the praise team leader at the time. And some of his family was, within the, was in the praise team. And they... The elders approached me and asked me if I would go back to doing the things on a volunteer basis mm. that I was doing before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, paid as paid staff. Right, yeah. as I was doing before as paid staff. Hey, are you willing to do that stuff for and free so, that like, we asked you to stop it doing? It was one of those things that, like, it was a moment where I had to learn the power of no at the same time as learning what what God was wanting me to do mm-hmm. at the same time. So... I told him, no, I'm not going to lead the praise team. Like, I'll fill in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. Like, I can fill in. But I'm not taking that on. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I'll i definitely help out with tech because that's what we were called to do. Like, that's why a lot of times in meetings I'll be like, look, we're not going to let this dro- ball drop. Like, 
I've had to learn sometimes like you have to in order to teach people mm -hmm. like that's that's a struggle of mine that's it's one of my biggest downfalls is mm -hmm. like letting things drop so that people can learn the lesson you know but so I don't know that's I guess I don't know you got any questions based on <laughs> Oh, that, like I don't. No, I, don't I think that's, like that's. I think that's good, and there's there's a lot of lessons to be learned from that, and for us as <sighs> church people, and specifically for us as church leaders, um, what we have to understand is we have this tendency of of anticipating grace from people, mm. and that gives us license to not work with excellence that mm. gives us license to not communicate appropriately right because right. if there were issues if there were issues that existed with you in your position for a year and then you were given 30 days to fix them that is not that could fly in the secular world right mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways it does but that should not be the case ever in the church right it should never be a well We've noticed you do this thing for the last 12 months. Right. I'm going to give you one month to fix this thing that you've been doing wrong for the last 12 months. So there's a really big key leadership principle that's embedded in that. Yeah. So is we as leaders need to be held to a higher account as well. And we need to communicate better. We need to coach better. We need to train better. We need to equip better. We need to empower better. We need to allow allow God's spirit to to work in those places and mm. and we need to offer grace on top of that too so well and the, in that in that time between because you you came mm -hmm. that next year um, in between that time because I don't want to leave it on a bad note with the elders um, of, of our church you know um, like between the time of all that going down and the and the senior pastor leaving to the time where you came on and a little bit after that there was ginormous growth mm -hmm. i think in the yeah. eldership and in and the leadership that was within our church still mm -hmm. uh so with lizzie and derek and and then the guys that were on the elder board um yeah. at the time like there was a lot of growth that happened a lot of things that um, and I, feel I think like their eyes was, were open to a lot of the things that were And God was using there, that to force know. us to figure it out. Like, we just had to figure it out. Right. <laughs> like, you know, it was me and Derek Tennant for an entire summer, and that's it. That, well, that it was, was more than staff. that. It was, it was like six months. Well, there was, the there was years, so, so much that went into mm -hmm. that. And, okay, this is, this is me on the back in the periphery mm -hmm. of all of these things, hearing the stories from all of the – and seeing some of the evidence of some of these right. things that happened, too. And – that wound hit that wound of you know of senior pastor leaving abruptly there being a lot of finger pointing and name calling and things like that that isn't very church you know christian like um that really did that did wound our leaders yeah. here and it wounded them and they had the opportunity to learn from those mm -hmm. things or they could repeat those things and right they learned from those things mm -hmm. which right. is a really great <clears throat> testimony mm -hmm. um to to that many guys and women for that matter in those positions to be like wow okay there were some big things that i did wrong too and it wasn't just all you right because that's our tendency too is to say well i'm mm -hmm. i'm squeaky clean in this ordeal mm -hmm. 
you're the one that messed up. You know, right. You yeah. done messed up, Aaron. Yeah, right. and, I, and right. when they approached him about the eldership, like he was in tears when he told me. Yeah. Because um, he was like, I never thought that would ever happen because of my past. And the right. great thing is, is now you're doing even more work for free. <laughs> <laughs> it was all yes. the, the, the reality yes. is, is that that they saw how hard you were working <laughs> in that one month. And they were like, look, here's the long play, guys. Well, <laughs> I, I do think that look at they, all this free labor. They recognize the. Our mine and Lizzie's like approach to ministry. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why she became full time. I, I I don't think it was just to fill a job position, but there was that trust that you mm-hmm. know her her method of ministry was that whatever God says goes, and that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why. I mean, mm-hmm. they approached me about being an elder mm-hmm. in the first place. So. Well, it, it does. I don't want your ego to get too inflated. Uh, no, no, no. This, this, but and I don't it, want anybody to hear it does, that. It does. It does. What does speak volumes to your relationship with Christ is the way that you worked through that. Because yeah. you, I'm speaking from a from a worldly perspective. You had all the right and all the reason in the world to, to say, yeah, to, <laughs> to burn it down. Like right. you could have, you could have just completely disconnected from this church. You could have slandered. You could, you know, you could have slandered it easily, and the leadership that was here, and the way they handled things. Um, you could have made a lot of demands. You could have then taken, taken yourself and left and went somewhere else, and you know, bad mouthed and poo pooed it. But you didn't. You stuck it out, and you probably did so while you were biting your tongue a lot of times too. Um, and so, yep. I know a lot of. A lot that spoke to me, and I wasn't here through it all. But that spoke to a lot of the other guys too. That were like, "Hmm, there's a lot of you are an anomaly <laughs> from that standpoint because that is not the way that we typically respond. Right. We say, "I'm taking my ball and I'm going home." Right. And I, I, yeah. I want everybody to understand, like, none of this I'm saying out of arrogance because I'm choking back tears this whole time, anyways. And so, like. That has been something that a lot of people have recently, within the last year, come out and said, like, hey, I wouldn't have done the same thing. Right. It's like, I've had most most of the leadership say that to me. A lot of people are like, I wouldn't do the same thing. It's like, why? Yeah. Like, that's hard for me to grasp. It's like, you don't do this for uh, each other, right? right? Like, this is, I'm not here for Nick. Like, I'm not here, I'm not even here for Lizzie, right? Like, so, I'm here for the Lord. And mm-hmm. so, like, my my understanding, I'm, I try to understand how people can do ministry without that mindset, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like. Yeah, and w- I, I would say that's where failure comes, is when you don't have that mindset. Right. When, and, and that, that extends from the top all the way down, because... It's easy for personality to become mm. the thing you praise and the person that is your savior, right? It's easy for that to happen, especially yeah. when you've got somebody that's charismatic and compelling and, and things like that. And, and, and you see a lot of that in big churches, you know, in mega churches and so on and so forth. Um, so that can happen at that end. Um, and, you know, you've, you've really got a shield yourself from that and then the same thing at the top is you know if you're the an elder or lead pastor or an associate pastor or connection it doesn't even matter what your, your role is if you have have kind of if you're kind of in that leadership 
um, echelon of the church, you've got to recognize that you're still not doing you're not doing it for you. You're not doing it for the guy next to you. You're not doing it for the community even or the church. You're you're doing it for Christ, yeah. and that has to be the focal point and the first and foremost of what gets you up every single morning to go do what you are called to do. And and I think that when when we start ministering in that way, mm-hmm. right? When we start ministering for Christ instead of ministering for the lost. Mm-hmm. Right, because when you minister, if we minister for the lost, we're not we're not ministering for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Right, we we should be ministering for Christ, as as Derek has said, and and I think your story very much shows a, a is a good case study for how through through the weakness, and and I think that that was a test, you know, and it became a testament to to what God does through those situations when. You know, and, and more than likely, it sounds like the the to me, in some ways, the church probably got some things wrong, and I'm sure they did. Oh yeah, uh, you know what I mean. E- especially even in your situation, where you know, I don't. It doesn't matter how they went wrong, but it it matters that they've come back and they're well, they're 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 doing it like you said for Christ, for the purpose of of expanding the kingdom and and following what He wants and doing His will. And and, well, and Scripture says that that the Lord will work all all things for the good of those who who follow mm-hmm. him right like I was not I was not supposed to be there in that position forever that was not where God wanted me that's not where I want to be today like like where I am now is where God wanted me I think and, this whole time yeah and, and I, I don't mean an eldership yeah. I, I say, even when just I, mean I say when, when I like for the little job. bit that I took over the youth minister he was like haha good luck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like <laughs> I it just wasn't I immediately after pretty much after that and I don't think it was because of the youth. I just think that it wasn't the desire of my heart anymore. I, I immediately did not care to ever do youth group again. And it wasn't it wasn't because of the hurt. I think I truly believe that it was it God just had different plans for me this whole mm-hmm. time and that's where I needed to be in that time. Right. So like that's I mean I consider that God doing, you know, making all things work for my good. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, so. he, he knows he's the best fisherman there is. I mean, he caught 153 with that last net and it didn't break. So um, he, he's, he knows how to, how to get you where he wants you. Right. You know, and he's oh, going to, yeah. and he, and he, he puts you where he wants you and, and he puts you through the trials to see, it sounds like to see if you, you made a, you made a, a spiritual uh, covenant with God that that you know that you were gonna follow Him, period, right? And so it's like, okay, okay, Derek, yeah, okay, let's see if you can follow this, because I'm gonna I'm gonna let, because you know Satan's gonna jump in there and try to try to sure. ruin that for you. Uh, sure. But and I mean, it was a perfect yeah. opportunity. Like the temptation was real to to be to like, just deuces. I want to go back home. Like, yeah. I don't want to be in Florida. I still don't want to be yeah, in Florida. Say, <laughs> I mean, to be honest, yeah. like, I don't, I don't like answering Florida. Answering his but. question and saying, God hasn't, this is where God's called me, and I can't leave that, was the hardest thing I had to, that I've ever had to say to my husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and it was the and, easiest thing for me to ever accept because of Christ. So. Here, the hurt that I felt like I was doing to him in that moment. Here's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of 
when Jesus says, if you don't hate your mother and your brothers and even yourself, and if you don't, if you don't go as far as to hate them, yeah. and for my for my kingdom's sake, you have no lot in my kingdom, and that's that's always one of those passages that I struggle with, and this is how it plays out because it wasn't even I mean it wasn't hate it was it was done in love, but it was you recognizing that Christ's call on your life was more important than even the hurt your spouse was going through at that point. And it was great that you recognized, okay, I am going to concede to Christ's call on my wife's life and this place that she's supposed to be, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to heal in that. Yeah. Um, so I, I, there is definitely a lot there for a lot of people listening to be able to unpack, too. Um, and, and I know some of that might not necessarily even feel applicable to the 95% of people who tried, quote-unquote, tried church and then left. But what it does all come down to is it all comes down to a person who wears the, the shirt that says, you know, Jesus staff, and messed up someplace, and you're holding them, you're elevating that person to the place of your Savior, and you're saying, because that person messed up, I'm done with the church. Right. I don't yeah. I don't want any of you to follow, you know, to follow the church. I don't want you to follow the religion that I follow. I don't want you to follow me. I don't want you to follow Nick. I want you to follow Christ. And that's mm-hmm. that that is the direction to always be pointing. That is the example. Not not me by any and, stretch of the imagination. It's <clears throat> all it is all Christ that that you should follow, and if and that's that's why we even have accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's because when I step out of that, I want you to correct me so that I fall back into mm-hmm. to line with Christ. I don't yeah. I don't want to step out of line and then you to tell me, oh no, do what I'm doing, or yeah. I don't want you to follow me and do what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I want you to see what Christ says to do, and then tell me, hey dude, like come back. Yeah, you know, come back on, on board, and so like, I don't know. It's a perspective change. the The person with church hurts got to have a certain perspective. Yeah. But the only way that you can approach them is to show them that you're sold out for Christ. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily tell them because they don't want to hear it. They right? got to see it. Mm-hmm. They got to see it, and mm-hmm. they will notice if you're sold out for Christ. Mm-hmm. I've had people that that curse the things that I believe, and and you know, hate on God and hate on pastors that asks me to pray for them, they have been like, there is something different about you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I don't like most people of the, of the Christian persuasion, but you are different. And so that's a testimony for Christ that he has put in my life a desire to to love people first, even though they drive me nuts, um, and and then when the opportunity arises, to then explain why I love them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yep. and, and that's kind of through this I've developed kind of developed like where like 
I guess, a philosophy of ministry. Yeah. And it's love them mm. anyways. Mm. Yeah. But they did this, love them anyways. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's happened, a hard one. Isn't anyways. that a hard one? That's a, yeah. That's a, I'm that's trying a, to teach well, my and, son that. And I feel like <laughs> that's... dad, he, she did X. That comes, that, that mm-hmm. is part of and the good thin. that comes from being hurt by church, right? It. You you can't honestly understand that until you've been hurt. Yeah, right? and I would say your relationship with Christ gets deeper in the midst of those wounds because He's yeah. the only one that can really heal them. And we wouldn't and, have so many songs without it. True. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when we get wounded in whatever capacity, we always turn to something to try to medicate it, and and those things could be healthy, and those things could be very unhealthy. Most of the time, they're not they're not healthy. Um, and it's usually at, at the point of exhausting those things that we're like, I need Jesus. And then we come back to that place or to that place for the first time. And we're like, holy cow, that wound that I have is, has healed just a little bit. I can tell it looks a little bit different today than it did yesterday. And it's all because he's come in and provided that, that healing salve to my soul that I really need. Um, so there is something profound in in that, and uh, in and her. following following Christ in the way that, like I keep saying, I, I believe ministry has to be done. Um, doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing everything right. Right. Like I struggle with studying scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I read I read daily. But it's generally, most days, I read the thing that our group is reading, like, you know, the chapter or so a day or the couple of chapters or whatever, however many different reading plans I'm in or whatever. But it's not, like, necessarily deep study every day. Mm-hmm. Like, and I struggle with that. that right? Where's that like, a requirement? And in... Well, meditate on his word daily, like some scripture daily. I mean, that's a thing. But does that mean I'm going to do a word Not study on the, right? the Greek word? Not necessarily. Word but I'm just saying, like, it also metanoia. doesn't look like yeah. what everybody thinks is, like, that perfect little Christian. You know, like, I don't... There's days that I hurt hurt my, my friends, my closest friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about, what, last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's some times when I do that, too. Right. So, like, I don't want anybody to think that, oh, he thinks he's perfect either. Like, I, I, that's not what I'm saying is requirement mm-hmm. of, of this, this way of doing ministry either. Right. It's... It should be a good—I think it's a good goal, though. It's a, it's a tough—well, trying not to do those things, right? Trying to get no, to perfection but I, no, I think is great. What, what, what you're saying is, as our ministry goal, we should be focused on doing it for Christ, not for— No, no, no. I'm saying you have to. Like, right. I'm saying, like, that that needs to be the center is the is a period. Like, yeah, so your ministry is non-negotiable. Gonna, well, the, all the struggles and the sins and the mistakes <clears throat> that you make are going to happen. Sure. And you're 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 going to make mistakes yeah. and you're not going to do things perfectly. And that's not a requirement, right? Well, like being perfect is no longer a requirement now that we're under the grace yeah. of Jesus. But living for him and, yeah. and living with him at the center is a requirement. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. doesn't mean well, I was never more, breaking. I, I, a, I just a law. I guess or, maybe it, maybe it was the way you were saying requirement, but it just I if we don't if we don't put it at the center, I mean, the the ministry will suffer. Absolutely, you know, Absolutely. and that's I. So so as much as you're saying require, I think you more mean if you want your ministry to be successful. No, I'm saying to be a Christian, 
you you are required to follow Jesus first. Well, I, yeah, because I guess With I guess everything. there's plenty only. of there's there's well, plenty right. of people yeah. out Jesus there. First, Jesus only. Yeah. And, and there's plenty of people out there who be, aren't focused on Jesus. Has to be the successful focus, ministries. Right? I guess so. Yeah, that's I true. I mean, look, Joel Osteen. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Not that I think that he has a successful ministry. Oh, he but does. A lot of people. No, I don't think he does. <laughs> and and but that's because by his he, standard. He missed the point, right? He missed he missed the boat. Um, and I hope that he doesn't. I hope that he comes around someday. But he currently isn't isn't hitting that boat. Um, but the odds are I, I, not. I, that's why I say it's a requirement. Jesus is required to live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like he is the only requirement. Yeah. The rest of it, you figure out with Christ. Yeah. But he has to be the focus the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like. You can you can not take your eyes off the cross and still stumble off the path a little bit, mm. right? Like, your head can be focused on the cross, and you still take some steps in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to keep in mind that I, I'm, I'm definitely not an advocate of you having to be perfect um, because then we all miss the boat. Mm. So don't, don't hear that. But you do have to, to live sold out. Sold out for Christ and Christ alone. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of a lot of good discussion today. I we broke the we broke the ice for church hurt, and there's a lot more that can be said and a lot more discussion that can go into this. Um, and if we don't get there beforehand, we are we're going to be running a series at the church called Church Hurt uh, that's going to kick off sometime in March of uh, 2023, which. It might sound like it's a long way away right now, but it's not that far away. Uh, so we'll have more discussion about that when we roll into that series here. Uh, definitely you can check it out. Uh, check out our website. Check out uh, we, our, our podcast that we run called Rise on Sunday, which will bring the messages from the prior week uh, to you as well. And uh, the, the whole emphasis here is, is really who are you following? Are you following that wounded broken person in the church or are you following jesus who was wounded and broken for our sake to make us whole and uh, as soon as you you begin to do that and shift your focus you find that even when people fall short of the glory of god which we all do right uh, that ministry becomes a lot fuller your life becomes a lot a lot more full and satisfying you begin to feel the purpose uh, that Christ has really called you to, and you're able to overcome some of those hardships that you will encounter in life and in the church, inevitably. So uh, put Jesus first, put the cross in front of your face, and um, and put all of your focus on him. Uh, y'all, it's been an awesome discussion, and we can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. If you have any questions, hit us up, thetruthresponse at gmail.com. There we go. I got it. And uh, we'd love to hear from you guys again. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.